everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Are you ready for the word today? I am ready to bring it. I'm super duper excited. I'm Red Bull excited. Come on, somebody. I'm Jesus, fire, Holy Spirit, Acts 2, excited to bring this message to you. It is the second message on marriage in our family, in our family values series that we've been in this month. And we've been learning that God has a lot to say about the family. We take two weeks out of this series and talk about marriage. Now, here's the deal. If you're not married, if you're single, don't tune me out. Uh, If you're a teenager, don't tune me out because uh, most of what I'm going to share today uh, can apply to you. Now, not all of it. Not all of it, guys, because you're not married yet, but most of it. Uh, You can apply this to your life, and so I want you to lean in today. Last week, we looked at uh, a a very important vow. Someone say vow. We take these vows uh, when we get married, and uh, we kind of forget about them as the years go on, but we're reminding ourselves of these vows, and we're reminded by God's word, because he has a lot to say about marriage, but the first vow we looked at is this, I promise that God will be my first, and my spouse will be my second. God first, spouse second. If you weren't here, you could get caught up, uh, find the messages there, but uh, today our vow is this, I promise to always pursue my two. I promise always to pursue my two. Let's read that together. Ready? Read. I promise to always pursue my two. Pursue my two. God is one. My spouse is my number two. So I promise always to pursue my two. Now in the season of love and in the season of Uh, studying what a godly marriage looks like, I found something that I think will make us all laugh here uh, before we jump into this, but um, they asked kids ages four years old to eight years old um, this question, what is love? They asked them, what is love? And here's their responses. Check this out. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Come on, Rebecca, AJ, I believe that. The next one, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and they smell each other. (laughs) Carl, I like Carl. I want to meet Carl. Wherever Carl's at, age five, I want to meet him. I like that. The next one, love is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your fries without making them give any of theirs. I mean, no, that's love. Because if they fall at the bottom of the bag, they're daddy's fries. He paid for them. They're mine. I'll fight you over some fries. Next one is this. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure it tastes okay. Uh, out of the mouth of babes, let every word be established, the Bible says. The next one. Love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together. And you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. They look gross. They look gross. Emily. Next one. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, and then he wears it every day. (laughs) 
And then my favorite one, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, say it a lot. People forget. People forget. Hmm. I promise to always pursue my two. Friends, the passion is always in the pursuit. I said, friends, the passion is always in the pursuit. Um, 23 years ago, I was in pursuit over this beautiful woman here on the front row. And I was in love. I was in love. We met at Bible college, and I had graduated, but she still had another year to go. And I came back and started working for mom and dad at the church, and she was there three and a half hours away. But how many of you know three and a half hours? It don't matter. We in love, baby. Frequent trips, uh, meeting at Newcastle. I would actually have my mom and dad drive me, right, from Kokomo to Newcastle. Then I would hop in the car with Tara, and then we would drive back to Kokomo because I just needed to be with her in that hour and a half from Newcastle to here. We were in love. I mean, we were, talk- we were on the phone till 2 or 3 in the morning. Come on, like, no, you hang up. No, I love you more. I'm not hanging out. No, I love you more than you love me, so I'm not hanging up. And then we're just sitting there, and one of us falls asleep, and we're breathing weird. I'm like, this is weird, man. Why are we doing this? Oh, we're in love. The passion is in the pursuit. I mean, how many crazy things did you do for love? I mean, you did some crazy things for love, right? You did some kind things for love because you were in pursuit. I mean, it was cards and letters and gifts and, and holding hands for no reason but to hold hands. You just loved to hold her hand or his hand, and we were in love. And then if, if you were around dating in the 90s, in the 90s, for some of you, you're not going to get this illustration. You're going to be lost, and you're going to have to Google this. But if you were around, there was something called a love mixtape. And I made me a few love mixtapes for that girl. Oh, yeah. And some of you know what I'm talking about. This was, this was everything. You spent time on this. You were like a, a DJ back in the day when you made a love mixtape because you, you had to press the right buttons and you had to line them up. And then if the little, little tape got messed up, you took a pencil. And if, if it broke, you got scotch tape and you taped it up. And some of you all know what I'm talking about. The rest of you are lost. You're too young to know what a cassette tape looks like. But on this love mixtape, there were some important songs that you put on because you were in pursuit of him. You were in pursuit of her. There were songs on this love mixtape like End of the Road by Boys to Men. Some of y'all don't even know about it. Although we... Anyway, that's why I'm not on the worship team. There were songs like I Will Always Love You from Whitney Houston. Oh, come on. Come on, who's your bodyguard? <laughs> there were songs like When a Man Loves a Woman by Michael Bolton. That l- long locks of hair. Some of you are more in love with Michael than your spouse. Right, give me some Michael Bolton. <laughs> there were songs like This I Promise You by NSYNC on this mixtape. There, the, then one of my favorites, there was this song, Everything I do, I do it for you, Brian Adams. Who, who knows about some Brian Adams up in here? Some of you are just too young. Now, why did we do ridiculous things like spending hours making a mixtape for the person we were pursuing? 
because we were passionate about our pursuit. She wasn't mine yet, but I was trying to make her mine. I was in hot pursuit, and by nature, we pursue what we do not have, either good or bad. I said, by nature, we pursue what we do not have, either good or bad. More from where that came from on Saturday at Devoted. 10 a.m., be here. So what happens when we get what we pursue? Well, a lot of times, years later, we don't feel the same love and the same passion that we once had because somewhere along the journey of marriage, we got lazy. Let's just be honest. We got lazy. I mean, we're married, and then you throw a kid or two in the mix, and my Lord, it's, it's, it's work. It's work, and it's, it's, it's battles, and it's, it's work, and <laughs> it's more battles. <laughs> and uh, someone said marriage is spelled W-O-R-K, work. And if you don't work at it, eventually you'll lose that passion that once brought you together as one. And... Uh, a lot of times we look at other people's marriages and we say, man, what, what is that? Like they're, they're still going 15, 20, 30, 40 years and the passion is there. And I have to submit this to you that if the, if the grass looks greener on the other side, then that tells me you need to start watering your own grass. Hmm? It, if it looks like someone else, man, I want what they got. Well, you have to do what they did to get what they got. And you have to start watering your grass. You see, a lot of times the pursuit has stopped and the passion has weakened because we don't put forth the work and the effort that we once did on those, in those early years of dating and courting and engagement in the first couple of years of marriage. How many are married in here five years or less? Five years or less, raise your hand. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Because you have no clue what marriage is right now. You're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we love you. We're rooting for you. We're in your corner. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> You're going to make it past year five. We know you can. Okay? We made it past, but we really didn't know anything until after year five. <laughs> We're just trying to figure everything out and work everything out. So there is hope. Someone say there is hope. Now, let me submit this. If you're here today and you say, man, I, I, I wish I had something like this before I got married because I'm no longer married anymore. I went through divorce or maybe several divorces. I, I want you to know that you can begin again. And no matter where you're at, if, if you're single and you're happily singled or you desire one day to get married, you can take these truths today and apply them to your life. And for all the young people, the teenagers and all the single people, you, you can hold on to these truths and one day apply them to your marriage. And so we're glad you're here. And there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Uh, man, I just feel like a failure. Well, get back up and begin again. I said get back up and begin again. That's the God we serve. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. Grow from where you, where, where you fell. Amen? And get back up. So Galatians 2.24, or Genesis 2.24, rather, says this. I've been studying the book of Galatians because we're going into a, a study on that and it, in the months to come on the whole book of Galatians. Genesis 2.24 says this. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is what? United, united, united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Watch this. Lean in, lean in, lean in. I got a lot of content, so I'm going to pick up the speed of my conversation here. United. 
In the Hebrew, it's the word dabak. Someone say dabak. Dabak. It means this. Watch. United. United. You leave your mother and your father. You're united. Dabak. It means to cling or adhere. It means to catch. Watch. By pursuit. To pursue hard with affection and devotion. That word in the Greek implies a pursuit for a lifetime with great zeal for your spouse. Dabak. United. So you got her by pursuing her. You keep her by pursuing her. Hello? Men, you got her. Women, you got her by pursuing him or her. You keep her by continuing dabak. I'm going to continue to be united with my spouse. The pursuit is not going to end. A lot of times in marriage, we stop pursuing because we wrongly believe I already have him. I already have her. I don't need to do those things anymore. I don't need to do the cards. I don't need to say I love you all the time. I don't need to do the flowers except for on February 14th and anniversary. That's all I need to do. Just do my laundry, make sure the house is clean, and we'll be good. Ouch, you're in trouble, big boy. Show up Saturday. We're going to fix you. Because when you stop pursuing your spouse, please listen to this. When you stop pursuing your spouse... Please know this. Please, newsflash, please know that someone else starts pursuing him or her. Please know that it's happening. Or something else starts pursuing them. Could be something online. Someone's winking and blinking at them at the office. And when you stop pursuing them, somebody always starts pursuing. That's how the devil works. He loves to divide. He loves to come into a marriage like that. Okay? And so we need to know that. Well, you, know, you say, man, I stopped pursuing because I just don't, I don't feel that love that we once had when we were dating, man. The, it was just there. It was just everywhere. Like, just felt love. Like, woke up, felt love. Ate a turkey sandwich, felt love. Come on. <laughs> just felt love all the time. I, I, I don't feel it anymore. We need to stop following our feelings because love is not a feeling, church. Love is not a feeling. Love is a truth, and it's an action. For God so loved the world that the action was he gave. He loved. God is love. So love is not a feeling, even though we have emotions from love. Love is a truth. I love my spouse whether I feel it or not. And if I don't feel it, it doesn't change the fact that I love her and I'm married to her, just like I can wake up some mornings and not feel saved. Do you ever wake up and just feel like a dirty, rotten sinner like I do once in a while? Like, I just don't feel saved. It doesn't matter what I feel. The fact is, in God's word says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am saved. My sins have been forgiven. There's nothing the devil can do about it, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm saved, and that settles it. Same thing in our marriage. Same thing in our marriage. So I promise to always pursue my two as our vow. Couples fall in love because they work at the relationship. At first, they tried hard to impress each other. At first, they were very careful to sensitive issues. At first, they were intentionally having time set aside for each other. At first, they wrote notes, little sticky notes everywhere saying how much they loved them and how much what they loved about that person. They bought flowers for their spouse, but then we get comfortable in the relationship and we start to take each other for granted, don't we? We do. We take each other for granted and we stop pursuing. Watch this. The result, the result is this. It's lost passion, boredom, and tension. 
When there is not an ongoing pursuit in the marital relationship, there is lost passion, there is boredom, and there is tension, which opens up a whole lot of other doors that we don't have time to talk about here, but Saturday we will. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. No one gets married. So if my vision for being married is this, I want to have a bad marriage. This is going to be awesome. Let's spend $20,000 of my dad's money and to have a bad marriage. And then seven years in, I just hope, I pray we get a divorce. I pray we got a few kids and it really messes them up too. And they go through the process of us fighting all the time and hearing all that. I pray that that happens. No one says that. No one does that. Church, we have good intentions, but good intentions are not enough. I said good intentions are not enough. Good intentions won't do it. We have to pursue our two because life will wear us down. We will get tired. We will get overwhelmed. And we will stop pursuing our two because we say it takes too much work. We don't have the time. We always have time for what we value most. You have time to eat three meals a day and snacks in between because you value eating. Okay. We have good intentions. And it's interesting. We put more thought, more time, more energy, more money into a, a wedding day right? I mean, we're prepping for a year, two years in advance, and all the details of it, the flowers got to match, and the, the, the groom's uh, outfits, and the bridesmaids all got to match, and then, you know, the venue, like, where are we going to get married, and then where's the reception, and what kind of cake we're going to have, and what kind of hors d'oeuvres are we going to have, and all the details, 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 and we put so much thought and energy and preparation into the wedding day, but very little preparation for the marriage, Hmm? We prepare for the wedding, but not for the marriage. I said, we prepare for the wedding day, but not for the marriage. That's why here, none of our ministers will marry anybody unless they go through a process of, called premarital counseling. Because we're so quick. Oh, I need, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time someone came up to, Pastor, can you marry me next week? Usually that doesn't work out. I'm just saying, when you're getting married that quick on a, on a whim... It usually doesn't work out. Not too many couples. Yeah, we've been married 80 years. It all started. One day we met. Next day we got married. It's been awesome. (laughs) Don't hear too many testimonies like that. Okay? And so you have to go through this process. And so um, I I think we need to talk about how do we keep pursuing our two. How many want to know how we keep pursuing our two after we've been married? Tara and I have been married 22 years this June. It hasn't been easy. It's been work. It's been hard. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm more in love today with her than I have ever been since the first day I laid eyes on her. Our marriage is stronger than it has ever been. And you want that out of your pastors. You want your pastors to get away to Indianapolis and get a hotel room like we did last week. Come on, somebody. And celebrate each other. You want that. You want that. Because if we're healthy, we're able to pour out to you. But how do I keep pursuing my two? Number one, here we go. If you're taking notes, when you think something good, say it. I am amazed at the amount of couples that cut their spouse down with their words on a daily basis. Not once in a while. Like, they wake up every day thinking how to get back at their spouse. 
Like, like what she did last week, what he did the other week, I'm, I'm, I still remember that. And what can I say to just give a little, little jab, just, just rub it in a little more? We wait. That's not what God has for us. When you think something good, say it. Look at Hebrews 3.13. Look at this. But encourage one another when? Every day. Every day. As long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Watch this. Watch this, church. Watch this. What this is telling me is this. If I daily can encourage Tara every single day, it's going to keep sin out of our marriage. It's right there. It's right there. Encourage each other daily. Encourage each other daily. Daily find something good to say about your spouse. Well, I just, there's, there's just no way. I can't even think of five things to say, let alone 365 things to say. That's what some of you are thinking. You need Saturday. We all do. Encourage each other daily. Now, men, how, how do you encourage your spouse? Watch this. I'm going to talk to you a little bit how men and women are wired, okay? How we're wired. Men, you need to pursue her with words of affection. Men, where are all my men at? Say, mm, give me a grunt, give me something. That's not words of affection. I know you think it. How was your day? Mm. What do you want for dinner? Mm. What do you want to do tomorrow night? Mm. The problem is, ladies, he ran out of his words. He only has 7,000 words a day to speak. You have 20,000. It's true. It's true. That's how we're wired. So you got to pursue her with words of affection. She needs to hear I love you every day. She needs that. I didn't do this right at the beginning. I didn't do this right. And she needs you to pursue her with words of affection. Non-sexual affection. And some of the men are like, what's that? Affection that's non-sexual. You'll get it. <laughs> Guys can make anything sexual. Okay, let me just say this. Guys, we can make anything sexual. and it, 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 The way God wired us is a little different than women. We're, we're moved by what we see. Women are moved by what they feel, what you tell them. We're moved by what we see. They're moved by what they hear, what they hear, what you tell them. Pursue her with non-sexual affection, because guys can make anything sexual. <laughs> Ladies say, hey, hey, babe, we really need to get our tires rotated. Well, I'll rotate your tires, baby. <laughs> no, we just need the tires rotated. But we go to a different place than you. That's just how we're wired. Ladies say, Hey, babe, will you, will you help me load the dishwasher? I'll load your dishwasher, baby. I'll show you how it's done. Come on. No, just load the dishes, the plates, the forks, the knives, the cups. Put them in there. We don't know how to do it. I admit it. We don't know how. We're always thinking about that. We wake up thinking about it. We go to bed thinking about it. That's all I'm going to say because Saturday we're going to say more. I can't say all that. We're online. We got people watching. Hi. <laughs> Ladies say, honey, will you light the fire tonight? Oh, baby, I'll light your fire. <laughs> Come see me about 9.59, baby. 
Guys think it's a spiritual gift. I don't find it in the Bible, but I sure wish it was in there. I mean, we're having fun today, but it's the way we were wired. Men are hunters. Watch this. Men are hunters. We love a challenge. We love the process of conquest. It's important to us. Watch this. Ladies are gatherers. Men are hunters. You tell them they can't shoot a deer, watch. I'll find that 100-point buck. I'll find him, and I'll kill him and bring him home for mama. Women are gatherers. All day they're gathering. What are they gathering, men? They're gathering your words. They're gathering your, your deeds. They're gathering the works. Oh, you vacuumed the house for me without me asking you? Okay, I'm remember, I'm gather, that's in my gathering bucket. And that, I, I return to that gathering bucket, ladies say, often to remember all the things and the nice words you said about me and the good deeds you did and how you took care of the kids when I had something going on at school or work and you just did it without me asking. Oh, I'm gathering that. And I remember that, says the lady. Men are hunters. Women are gatherers. Guys, we need to learn to say I love you to our wives because. Why do you love her? I love you, babe, because you honor God. I love you because you're my best friend. I love you because we are fighting together for our kids and our marriage and our family. And I'm with you in this thing. And I know it's not good right now. But we, with God and us, we are a majority and I'm standing with you, and I know I don't have it all together, but man, I'm willing to grow and get better at this. So guys, pursue her with words of affection, non-sexual and sexual. Anyway. <laughs> ladies, are you ready, ladies? Pursue him with words of affirmation. Pursue him with words of affirmation. What does he need to know? That you believe in him. Most important thing a man needs, that you believe in him, that you're proud of him. I come off this stage, preach several times on a Sunday. It's about 3 o'clock by the time our family leaves. We're driving to either get something to eat or gather with family, and I'm sitting in the car. I'm sitting there looking at her, and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. And so I'll, if she doesn't say anything, I'll say, what do you think of the service? Usually she says something because I need her words. I need her words of affirmation more than I need your word. I appreciate great word, pastor. That was awesome. I appreciate that. Don't stop that. But more than that, I need her to believe in me. And the moment she opens her mouth and says, man, that was a great word. That spoke to me. I love how you did this or that. It's done. That's what I needed. I needed that from my spouse. Come on, my rib. She's my rib. <laughs> Ladies, don't tell him what he's not. It's so defeating to a man when you tell him what he's not. It's so defeating to a man. You crush him. You cut him down when you tell him what he's not. Tell him what you desire for him to become. Maybe he's not there yet. But maybe your words, because they do, they have so much power. Pursue him with words of affirmation. When you build him up, he'll become what you want him to be. When you see a confident man, 
When you see a confident man, it's because a lady believes in him. I stand up here confident because that woman right there for 22 years has believed in me. I stand up here confident knowing she has my back, knowing that she's my biggest cheerleader, knowing that she'll fight for me, she'll fight with me, and all that's included in a marriage. So ladies, he wants to know, do you believe in me today? That's what he wants to know. I'm giving you so much secret sauce right now, your marriage is about to explode. <laughs> Saturday is just going to be icing on the cake. You all better get ready. Some of you are about to register. You said you weren't coming. Now you're coming because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. Yeah. Men, so ladies, he wants to know, do you believe me today? Men, she wants to know, do you love me today? Yeah. Well, you know, I just, uh, she knows I love her. No, say it. Yeah. How many times have we said that? I used to say that all the time. She knows I love her. I'll just tell her about once a week. No, tell her every single day of her life. Don't ever go to bed angry. For the first 10 years, man, we, our marriage was a mess, man. We didn't start really getting it right till year 10 or so. But man, I'm telling you, when you if you go to bed angry, and we've, we've done it before, but we vowed, man, to never go to bed angry again. The Bible says that, actually. Don't go to bed angry. I'm telling you, it's helped our marriage. Okay, point number one, are you with me so far? When you think something good, say it. Number two, when you think something special, do it. Do it. Do something special. Besides anniversary and Valentine's Day, are you dating your spouse? What do you mean, Pastor? I've been married 15, 20, 30 years. We, we dated then. We got engaged and we got married. No, you continue to date your mate. You continue to date your mate. Tara and I, several years ago, we started pastoring this church about seven years ago, actually. Coming up on seven years, I can't believe it. We, we made a vow. So we, our, our schedule is Saturday through Thursday. We're, we're working. We're working. Friday is our day off. We made a vow to date on Friday. We're going to have dates on Friday. Sometimes it looks like coffee date. And then we go to the grocery. Come on now. We go to the grocery. And we have fun grocery shopping. Right? Someday it's a lunch date. And it's more someday, it is a dinner date, and we go out somewhere nice. But, but the whole point is date your spouse. Sometimes you don't have time every week for a, a steak dinner or whatever, but you can go out for coffee. You can have conversation. And what do we do? We talk about our life. We talk about our kids. We, we, we talk about uh, things that we need to do that day. We encourage each other. Come on, somebody. So you got to date your spouse. You don't stop pursuing your two. You got to continually date them. James 4, 17, if anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. It's sin for them. You know that's good because it got you into the state you're in. Come on, it got you three kids. Got me three kids and I'm not willing to give that up. The three kids. Y'all get that on the way home. When you think something special, do it. Think something... Go get off work early and come home and surprise her with a clean house and dinner on the table. Blow your freaking mind. Yeah. You're getting blessed that night. You're getting blessed. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm being very careful. Saturday, we won't be careful. Here's the reason why God, it, God created sex and the world's perverted it. And music has perverted it and degraded women, and degraded sex down to just a, a fun act to do. No, no, no. When bodies collide, hearts unite. When bodies collide, hearts unite. So much more happens than just a physical encounter. Oh, my Lord. I, I, 
I know it's good, Joe Petty, but I'm out of time. <laughs> number three, number three, if you want the full message, get the podcast. I'll, I'll preach the full message at the one. If you want something different, be it. Well, I just wish they would change. Why don't you be the change you're praying for your spouse to change in? Why don't you be that change? Why don't you become what you're praying for them to become? Say, well, I just wish my spouse would pray. Why don't you start praying? Well, I just wish they'd come to church with me every week. Why don't you come to church every week? Well, I just wish they would tithe. Why don't you start tithing? I'm telling you, become what you want your spouse to become. If you want something different, be it. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, friends, that's the definition of insanity. It's not working. Do something different. And culture and the world does not have the prescription for you to build a godly marriage. God's book has it. The church has that prescription on how to help you build a godly marriage. That's why we're doing things like this series and Devoted. Do something different. Show more passion in your marriage if you want more passion. Do something different. I love what David's response was. Psalms 51.10. God created me a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. God, start with me. Not Tara, start with me. God, change me. Early on, I was picking at every scab, every, every weakness that she had. I was picking on it. Guess what? It didn't do anything to make it better. It made it worse, actually. And then I started focusing on me. God, change me. Change me. I, I'm praying for you to change her when I'm the one that needs changed. When I'm the one that needs changed. So church, to get what you've never had, sometimes you've got to do what you've never done. To get what you've never had, sometimes you've got to do what you've never done. Well, I'm just waiting, just biding my time in this marriage. Sounds fun. Doesn't sound like much fruit and passion, though. Doesn't sound like there's going to be much joy in your life. Well, I'm just waiting till the day we die and go to heaven. It'll be better then. Wow. You need devoted. You need to invest. And I'm so big on this because I hear so many people say, I don't have time to come. Someone just told me, I, I don't have time. We have too much going on with our kids. I get that. I get that. I have three myself. But you make time for what you value. And if you want to work on building a better marriage and have the marriage that God said you could have, show up on Saturday. Show up. Whether it's good, it's bad, it's great, it doesn't matter. Show up and watch what God will do. I will always pursue my two. I will always pursue my two. Think of the pursuit that you had early on when you were dating, when you were engaged. Think of that pursuit on those, in those early years of your marriage. And to get what you once had, sometimes you got to go back to once you, what you once did. To get what you once had. Maybe it's lost, but it can be found again. God can restore the love, the passion, the joy, the romance in your marriage. But I can guarantee it will not happen if only one of you works at it. It will happen when both come together. Invite God as their number one. Invite God as their number one. God is my number one. My spouse is my number two. We invite you into this marriage, God. We need you. We're flesh. We're human. We hurt each other. We don't know what we're doing, but you do, so we invite you in in a three-chord strand.
is not easily broken, the Bible says, when you invite God in. Bow your heads with me, close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us, God. We, we need you. We need you in our marriages. We need you to be the husband, the wife that you've called us to be. So, Lord, we surrender to you today. And uh, this message today, Lord, will not be void of action on our part, but we will have some action steps. We will, we will sit down, even with our spouse and even with ourselves, and write down some things if we have a hard time remembering that we need to speak those words over our spouse. We, we will intentionally write it down every day. We will write down those special moments that we need to create to keep the romance and intimacy in our marriage. We'll, we'll intentionally put it on the calendar. We put everything else on the calendar, God. But we're going to put this on the calendar because this matters. This matters. And we may not be where we want to be, but we're going to work at it. We're going to work at it together. And we're going to join with our spouse even today. And we're going to make a commitment to get better. We're going to make a commitment at getting better. We, we no longer, no longer want to have our marriages looking like culture and world and taking from their P's and Q's, God. But we, we want to take from your word because your word is the truth. It's the foundation that we can build our lives on. So today, God, we surrender it to you and we start. We can't change the past. We can't change what we wish we would have done different. But we can start today. We can start today. So we make that commitment, that vow, that vow. I will always pursue my two. We re-up on that commitment. We make it to our spouse. And we put aside a moment today or this week and, and we tell them, let's re-up that commitment on that vow. Let, let's pursue each other better. We thank you, God, that you're the author and creator of marriage itself. You've got a great plan for our marriages. So we submit it to you, in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you're far from God, we want to say a prayer with you, inviting Jesus into your life. If you've never given your heart to Christ, I want to encourage you, today is your day. Today is your day to give it all to him. He loves you. He loves you so much. He's got an awesome plan for your life. He's just waiting for you to surrender your life to him. So if you're watching online, if you're in this room today and you say, Jacob, I need a relationship with Jesus or I need to rededicate my life to Christ, I want to encourage you to say this prayer that we're going to say with you in just a moment, inviting Jesus in. We're not here to embarrass you, not here to call you up front or anything like that. But before we pray, if you say, Jacob, that's me, include me in on this prayer. I just want you to throw your hand up in this building, throw your hand up in the chat. We have people ready to pray with you. Thank you for all the hands that are going up. Thank you, 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 thank you. Awesome, awesome. They're still shooting up. They're still shooting up online. Throw up your hand in the chat. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. People coming to Christ at all our services today. It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing, church. If you're still thinking about that decision, throw it up, throw it up. Think no longer. Thank you. Awesome. Let's say this prayer. Say Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you are the Son of God. 
And I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins today. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.